What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. Sam here, joined with Matt, as always. What a weekend of football we had. I mean, we argue all the time about, you know, what's what even comes close to football in terms of entertainment value. And I think, point blank, there is nothing that comes close to it. We'll try and get over, get over, go through a lot of things in this podcast. Uh, you know, Mets, Yankees, Jets, obviously, we speak about, unfortunately. But now I think the biggest topic of the day uh, and biggest topic of the week, really, in all of our circles, the New York football giants pulling out uh, the upset in many eyes was not an upset. I believe one of the things that we spoke about was the fact that too many people were on the Giants to upset this to that. Our conversation was, was this even an upset anymore? Uh, but the Giants pull it out. Daniel Jones plays. I'm going to say it. If not the best, the best quarterback game in Giants football history. Seriously. I've done, I'm, and it, I, you laugh at it now. You snicker at it now. I will get into the, the stats and, and how I'm going to back that statement up uh, in a little bit. But um, as always, Matt, what is going on? Not much. Um, might be a little off my game. I'm living on uh, Australian time right now because of all the tennis going on. So. Yeah, no, we're not going to get into tennis today, right? Okay. Yeah, but 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 remember that bet I gave you, and I told you you were an idiot for not yeah. doing it because like the first thing hit or whatever. Uh, Rafael Nadal got swept. Oh, so it didn't so, hit. But but I mean, it was because of an injury. Okay, so. It doesn't mean it was a bad bet, but yeah, Rafael on the dog gets swept and upset, but I, I just wanted to lay that out there. I'm a little on the, on the tired side because you know, these matches are happening at 5 a.m. Yeah, well, so. you're probably the only person watching that honestly, but, um, <laughs> Such I, a hater I, I digress. No well, we had a, we had an epic tennis match before <laughs> and it was in the doll proportion. I could have stepped in for an adult. Maybe yeah. you could have stepped in for an adult. You definitely think you can. Yeah. Um, yes. who you definitely could not have stepped in for was Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones. And I'll go back to what I just said. I think he played the best game or playoff game from any giant quarterback ever. Yes. Eli Manning. I get it. And here's, here's how I'm going to back it up. If you had a, like, you know, if you pulled, uh, you know, let's say 20 giant fans who had been giant fans for the last, like, let's say in their thirties, we'll say. They would probably say that the best playoff performance they've seen was Eli against Green Bay in 2012. Is that correct? Probably, okay. yeah. I'll break this down for you. Eli Manning in Green Bay in 2012. 21 of 33, 330 yards passing, three touchdowns, an interception to a one 114 QBR, four rushing attempts for 10 yards. Eli Manning, not a rusher. Oh, you mean so Eli Manning didn't lead the team in rushing like he, Daniel Jones did? He definitely did? did not. Daniel Jones, 24 of 35, 301 yards, passing, two touchdowns, also a 114 QBR. However, 17 rushing attempts for 78 yards to lead the team. And we both watch this game very intently. I've watched every single down of this game. I've watched every single down of most giant games. But this was not only the best of Daniel Jones, but again, just, I thought I hadn't, I hadn't seen a quarterback play to this level in New York in decades. Yeah. And, and like he played the type of game that you and I have been saying all year. Like, this is how I want to see Daniel Jones. This is how I want to see Daniel Jones utilized every week. Like all those design runs to the outside, like they, they looked unstoppable and, and granted Minnesota is a miserable defense, but I mean, they completely took advantage. Um, yeah, that, that was really something from Daniel Jones. And 
you know, maybe the best playoff game in Giant history, uh, certainly the best game of his career. Um, so, yeah, turning it up at the right time. And, you know, we talk about Saquon all the time, and, and he had a couple, like, really key plays there. Uh, Daniel Jones was far and away the MVP of this game. Like we just said, led him rushing. Um, I mean, this guy's just, he's like just dotting up uh, no name receivers. And it's, it's, that makes it that much more impressive. Honestly, I I spoke to my grandpa yesterday. Who's he watches giant games very casually, but this, the Seth Lugo hater, the notorious Seth Lugo hater. Uh, and he, he literally said two things. He said exactly what you just said. Daniel Jones played a hell of a game. And I quote, and about Barkley, he said they use Barkley very smart, but you just know that you always have him in your back pocket when you need something. Like you needed that little that touchdown at the end there when he carried. Uh, I think it was was it Linval Joseph? I don't even know who it was that the defensive tackle that he literally carried into the end zone four yards. You know all these highlights that are that are thrown around on TikTok and Twitter these days. I haven't seen that once this week. That was the most impressive play of the day, in my opinion, just watching Saquon carry a defensive tackle into the end zone. Um, yeah, but it's not, it's, it's not even just the highlights, like you say. It's like, I mean, listen, they only wound him up to run nine times. Um, but just the fact that Minnesota has to sit there and account for him all game gets a Hodgins open on the, you know? So, like, just him being there benefits uh, Daniel Jones and, this, uh, you know, miserable receiver. And it's court. one thing to do, like, like, we've seen, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers' history and whatnot, but you've seen quarterbacks where, like, they'll go their whole season with their stud wide receiver or their stud weapon, and then they get some unfortunate luck, and, you know, maybe their stud weapon gets hurt, and they have to go to their, you know, their B and C options. That's not the case here. Daniel Jones has been doing this all year with these guys, honestly, since, like, really Sterling Shepard got hurt. Uh, Wandell Robinson gets hurt. Those are their, those are their one, two. Daniel, even Daniel Bellinger, who, you know, I, I'm very high on myself, but he had a fractured eye socket. I mean, the, the Giants have run into some pretty bad luck, but he's been doing this, right? So in the last 20 years, I dug this dug this stat out myself. I haven't seen it on Twitter. I just kind of sourced it myself. In the last 20 years, when a Giant quarterback has over an 88 QBR in the playoffs, they're undefeated. Daniel Jones had a 114 QBR on Sunday and has had better than an 88 QBR in six of his last seven games. This isn't new. Daniel Jones is, has been playing very good football. And it's like, you, at this point, I think it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to pay him in the offseason, and we'll we'll get to those conversations eventually. I want to more so stick to this game because one thing I said about, you know, I, uh, the clip I posted on our Instagram was the Giants do things that bode well for playoff football. They have the coach. They can run the ball when they want to. They can play good defense when they want to. They're fully healthy, which is a big key that I even left out in my little monologue to go into this game. But, you know, Adoree Jackson was back. This was what the Giants envisioned. And we we see it in the Jets and, you know, you and I Jet fans. But we see as soon as one injury goes wrong, it's like, oh, shit, season's over. That's it. You know, whole new O-line, need to find new running back, no weapons on the outside. The Giants never did that. They never blinked, and they just consistently found a way to win, and that's exactly what they did this Viking game. Yeah, w- with all the injuries that you mentioned, you know, the Wandale Robinsons and whatnot, you think Daniel Jones is at the point now where he just doesn't even take into account who it is that he's throwing the ball to? You think he's just like, oh, white jersey? Honestly, so part of me wants to say yes, but I also just think that they just scheme so well. Like, I don't think that Daniel Jones is really – there was a couple throws that he had to fit into small windows, but. I mean, I'm watching guys, 
I'll say this on both sides, the Vikings and the Giants, they're just wide open. I thought both of these offensive game plans were were pretty, pretty good. I mean, you're seeing, I, I specifically said for the Vikings side of this that it was like the fourth quarter, and I was like, if I see TJ Hawkinson run that wheel route from the tight end one more time and it's not intercepted, I'm going to be furious because they did it three or four times, and I think that's just a pure sentiment to how well prepared both these teams are uh, or were. And I obviously the Giants win, maybe a little bit more well prepared. Obviously, I think they have the better had the better coach in the situation. But I mean, the Giants putting up thirty one points. If you told me they're putting up thirty one points and winning a playoff game in you know week four or shit, if you told me that in the preseason, I would have said you were nuts. I was so low on the Giants in the preseason. Yeah. Oh, me too. We we both were. Uh, but like. This isn't even one of those games where it was like, all right, well, it was primetime Kirk, and he like Kirk Cousins played a damn yeah. good football game. He, he definitely Daniel did. Jones was just better. I, and what I will say though is the where the Giants, I think, kind of back to what I said about this, the preview of this game, they played they played great defense on Justin Jefferson. The big worry all week on every talk show, every talking head was, you know, how we we're going to contain Justin Jefferson, or it was almost a foregone conclusion that Justin Jefferson would go off. And then it's like, okay, well, what else can we do to stop this offense? That didn't happen. Justin Jefferson did not go off. He, I think he had like seven catches for 40-something yards or or so. And it was, you know, he was yeah. a, really a non – I mean, other than the fact that he's Justin Jefferson and you kind of have to worry about him, he was a non-factor. Yeah, after the first series of the game, he was, he was invisible. I think he had one big play the entire game. So when you play the Vikings and you don't get burned – by by Jefferson, big plays, I, you have a good shot. Now, TJ Hawkinson kind of took the game over a little well, bit. Well, I was going to say, do you right. think part of the Giants' game plan was kind of like, I know I, I speak about this in basketball a lot, but I guess it could work in football. It's like anyone but their best guy. Like a lot of teams will be like, anyone yes. but LeBron beat me. Anyone but Luka beat me. Yeah, especially just because, you know, Jefferson's the only uh, – Probably the only guy in that offense with that kind of uh, big play gene. Well, uh, so, you know, Hawkinson can catch a ball for 15 yards here, 17 yards there, but he's not going to burn me for 78 yards. You wouldn't put Dalvin Cook in that territory? Uh, sure. I, the, he was bottled up. The Giants, I'll tell you what. Yeah. The, the Giants' defensive line, this is where – so we're obviously going to get into the preview, and I don't want to give my hand here, but – the Giants' defensive line has consistently impressed me every single week. Uh, Dexter Lawrence is, like, reaching, I, I'm not going to say Aaron Donald levels, but if there was a tier right under, you know, prime Aaron Donald, he's right there. I mean, he is an absolute force in the inside. He takes away the entire between-the-tackles running game. And it's like, you know, now that kind of takes away a lot of playbook from from guys like Kirk Cousins and guys that – normally start their offense off an inside zone or, you know, an inside eye formation handoff and then have to resort out to then they build their play action off that. And honestly, if you want to attribute one thing to, uh, I guess, one player, if Dexter Lawrence taking away the run game, I think definitely spilled over into the fact that Kirk Cousins wasn't able to run the ball and therefore wasn't able to get the play action going and therefore wasn't able to get Justin Jefferson on these deep bombs, you know, that you always see. You always see the Kirk Cousins bootleg roll out right, throw it down the field 60 yards, and Jeff Justin Jefferson has his guy burned by, you know, 10 feet. Yeah, no, and, and you're totally right, especially just when it comes to run defense. Like you said, they really did bottle up Dalvin Cook. I'd like to see them get to the quarterback, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just a little uh, bit. I, I guess, but to be honest, like, if 
if you have a guy like Thibodeau, this is where the Giants, this is where the Giants defense really shines, I think. They have a guy like Thibodeau. Um, they bring back Landon Collins, who I didn't really hear his, his name much this weekend, but um, it got guys that can are just like threats. You like they're kind of guys that just like once you know they're there, it's like you have to worry about them. Like Landon Collins was on practice squads, whatever. But if there's one thing that he can do is he can fill up the box from the safety position. He can get inside, and then Kayvon Thibodeau is another force to be reckoned with. That not only do you have to worry about the interior of your line guarding Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. Now you have to worry about the outside and wherever Kayvon Thibodeau chooses to line up that play. So to me, it's like maybe I think them not getting to the quarterback is just solely because these guys are getting doubled, chip blocks. And I think that maybe that's why Dalvin Cook only has, what does he have, one catch or you know two catches this week. He does nothing through the air and because probably he's got to stay in and chip block these guys. And I think it's just, the, it's yeah. just an, you know a snowball effect for the rest of the offense. So – uh, I don't want to get too far ahead into this Eagles game, but I think there is a this is a good matchup for the Giants, the Eagles. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't see a world where I'm taking the Giants again. Um, but listen, I, I'm 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 happy with with what they did last yeah. week. I'm happy you can't be not as much as we we want to as much as we want to call the Vikings frauds and uh, first round exit. Even though I did pick against the Giants, yeah, you have um, some crow to eat for that one, I think. Uh, maybe, maybe a I little bit. I, I mean, I do too. I do too. We'll get there, it, but I just have to give it, you. It did your take time. a generational performance from Daniel Jones to, you know, sure, to knock me off. Sure, so. but we, I can pull up if I was really like a spiteful sob, I'd pull up clips of you saying the Vikings are overrated for the past, you know, ten weeks. Yeah, which, which just it, it makes it a little more embarrassing for me because. I called the Vikings embarrassing all year, and then I and then I picked yeah, the Vikings. So, well, so. I have some crow to eat first uh, too. So let's let's get yeah. into the other games. We definitely want to definitely want to talk about. We're going to go full football today. Uh, really, nothing new on the front of like the Knicks and Nets are half exactly halfway through the season. Games played wise, uh, not no nothing really new there. Uh, Knicks play Washington Wizards tonight. Um, the Nets played last night against the Spurs with no Kyrie, no KD, and they lose uh they're they're gonna have to start treading some water i believe but we wanted to stick to football today so let's go we usually go around the league as a preview let's go around the league as a recap uh given you know obviously a short slate because of the playoffs and all big games let's start with saturday seahawks lose 23 to 41 to the 49ers who seem like a juggernaut now they have they might have three viable quarterbacks on their roster. Uh, maybe not might. They definitely have three viable quarterbacks on their roster, and they're going to be an interesting team to see what they do in this offseason. But the Seahawks recommit to Geno Smith for the offseason. He'll be back, and I think that this is a game that really – did I expect the Seahawks to cover, and was I hoping that they would cover and almost got a backdoor cover out of this? Yes, but I don't think a lot of people expected the Seahawks to win this game. No, the, the 49ers are just like, they're just a force right now. And, and Seattle hung in there for a half, but it just becomes too much. I mean, you've McCaffrey on the ground for 120 yards, uh, Debo through the air for another 130. It, it's too much. Teams can't keep up with them. Um, you know, Brock Purdy's playing perfect football. I don't care what anyone wants to say about, well, the system this, the system that. Um, he, he's had a better showing over the last month and a half than any of the other two quarterbacks on the roster, I think. Yeah, I mean, I have my own opinions on Kyle, Kyle Shanahan offenses. 
I think he's. It's just a system, really. I think I've I've never seen anything more point blank. Not that Brock Purdy's bad, or not that Jimmy G is bad. I just think like they, they just run such a perfect like system for the their guys that it's like they it's kind of plug and play in my mind. But yeah, but I don't think it's impossible to like to to not play well in it. Mm, we've seen some bad Jimmy G games. Yeah, you know? and even Trey Lance wasn't. I, obviously, he was younger, and you talk about being a rookie or you know somewhat of a younger quarterback. But uh, for this game, I mean, not much really to say. I, I think that the this was business as usual for the 49ers. Uh, they're a threat going forward. Um, if you're a Seahawks fan, I mean, I guess you got to commit to Geno Smith, and you guys have a young core. And hey, look, I'm. I guess one thing I can definitely say, point blank, said at about uh, I don't know when did this game start? Was this the four o'clock game? It was yeah, the early one I guess was four. So four third, I think at like four o'clock, I said DK's going for ten, a hundred and two touchdowns today. He goes for ten, one thirty six and two touchdowns, and they still don't win. So it's like they kind of did the opposite of what the Giants did with the Vikings, where it was like, yeah, hey, go ahead, DK, go go have ten for a hundred and two touchdowns, and we'll stop everyone else. We're not worried about anyone else. You know, you you're not going to beat us by yourself, so we'll let you we'll let you eat, I guess. Yeah, I would I would say far and away the the Niners are the the favorites out of the NFC. Obviously, um, yeah, that, it's just it's crazy to me to to you get down to your third string quarterback and you're like as legit a contender as. Can so be. now, does that say? Would you say that says more about? I'll give you three options here: Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan, or just the makeup of the 49ers roster. I'm gonna f Kyle Shanahan. Marry um, the makeup of the roster and, and kill Brock Purdy, but not to take anything away from him. I, 332 yards, three touchdowns. He doesn't make any mistakes. Uh, doesn't give the ball away. Uh, LeBron's tweeting about him. You know, a lot of good hey, things. Hey, I wish LeBron would tweet about me. So, uh, yeah. But here's where the games get spicy the Chargers lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars 31 to 30. I'm going to eat my crumb. I'm not even going to let you speak on this real quick. Trevor Lawrence played the worst first half of football I've ever seen in my life and yep. bounced back better than anyone I've ever seen in my life. So I'm going to have to eat crow. I, I had the Chargers in that game. I I thought the Jaguars were playing in a shit division all year and kind of were a product of that. And I thought as well, obviously ill-informed Chargers opinion, I thought the Chargers were uh, much better than I saw You know them finish that game. They didn't have a run game to speak of. And that was... It's kind of like an anomaly where it's like, you know, Austin Eckler's this great back, but he's a receiving back. He's not a running back. And they run the ball. I think they ran the ball five times in the second half. And that's ex- that is point blank, aside from Trevor Lawrence playing an unbelievable second half. But on their side of the things that they can control, they did not run the ball and therefore did not run out the clock and therefore gave the Jaguars way too much time to mount what was arguably one of the best comebacks in NFL history. Yeah. Uh, you, you really, you woke up a demon the second that you texted us like Trevor oh, Lawrence with like, I knew it. I was hesitant to, and he just, yeah. I, I, who would you put this loss on the most? The coach, right? Uh, yeah. Whoever, who I obviously don't know the, the ins and outs of who's calling the plays for the chargers and whatnot. Like, you know, specifically, I know obviously there's an offensive coordinator and a coach, but I don't know who has the final say there. Whoever that may be, whoever is calling the plays, 
that's who it's at fault because how do you how do you not like look at just look how the Gi- the Giants ran the ball how many times did Saquon Barkley like 10 10 times to Barkley who's a stud running back and yeah, I think it was nine. nine times and they 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 can put away a game why can't you do that if you're the Chargers if yeah. with anyone put put I don't even know who their backup running back is put him in and just hand the ball off to him just for strict clock purposes yeah, and to kill the coaching even more, uh, you can't tell me that they didn't miss Mike Williams here. I would say that he's probably their best option. He's probably a better receiver than Keenan Allen is at this point. And you put him out there in a meaningless game, that now you miss him. Now Gerald Everett's your best option. It, they're just, they're a mess. Well, and this is just kind of what the Chargers do. I'll, I'll disagree with you, but like very lightly disagree with you. Yeah, obviously they did miss Mike Williams, but at the end of the day, they still put up 30 points. If you put up 30 points and a half, you should win every football game you play, regardless of who's on the field. Oh, 100%, but down the stretch when you needed a first down to win the game. Yeah, I mean, hey, how about this? I had people telling me that Keenan Allen was a better receiver than DK Metcalf literally last week. I wish those people would come on the podcast and try and defend themselves. Keenan Allen's good, (laughs) but DK Metcalf with – Obviously, you can say what you want about Geno and how great the the 49ers defense is. DK Metcalf showed up in a huge way. For all the people that I've argued with this week about that, just had to get that off my chest. I digress. But for the for the Jaguars, and again, we're going to get into our preview, do you give them any chance at beating the Chiefs this week? None? No. Okay. Me neither. I just I wanted to so. get your stance on that. One other thing about this game, that, or actually, I guess two other things about this game. Uh, what do you say about, like, I've heard people like talk, this talking head, ex talking head say coaching in the NFL is just getting dumber and dumber. Do you think that this is a point blank situation where that's true? Yeah, but they're getting dumber because they think they're getting smart. Yes. Good way. That's a good way to put and it. The, all the analytics we talk about in baseball, it's bleeding into football. Um, like, I forget who it was. Someone yesterday was just saying, like, it feels like these coaches just, like, don't have a feel for the game yeah. anymore. Um, it yeah, I, young, it, it started, it's starting to get silly. Like, it is. Like, I, I, when it when it first came about, when this kind of new wave started to happen, and, you know, you would see teams go for it more, and you kind of started to realize, like, well, it makes more sense to do it this way. Well, why were we Why were we being conservative all these years? But... It, it's getting to a point now where it's becoming stupid. Well, how about this? Uh, and this is just, I literally just was looking at this now. You, When you think of like a stud running back, right? Like you think of like 20 plus carry, like a guy like Derrick Henry getting 30 carries a game. In the, in the four games that, or the three games that we've gone over, you have running backs by the name of Kenneth Walker, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Travis Etienne, Saquon Barkley, and Dalvin Cook. The most carries was 20. Was that McCaffrey? Yeah. No, sorry, ETN. Yeah. ETN had uh, McCaffrey had 19, ETN had 20. But hmm. if if you want to just think of like a microcosm of football, how does that happen? There 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 and I yeah. I'd say in 20 years from now there might be no running. There's there's yeah, non-existent no, right. running games. And even with it you can't say that guy I just named off, you know, six of the top 15 running backs in the league and they're not getting yep. the, the carries. I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a coach, I want to stat, I want to have two running backs to get 15 carries, not just, not just yep. one guy. And then there were other guys get, you know, the, the garbage or break time that when your, your stud is out, but I, look, just an overall football statement there, but 
but th- that's kind of like what I meant. Like when I, when yeah. I was trying to, no, tie no, it yeah, to I'm definitely not tying it together. It's kind of like, you know, like the home runner or nothing mentality. It's that's what it is with yeah, quarterbacks. They're looking for the, the big play or, you know, I feel like if you were to look at like every play drawn up on a sheet, I feel like majority of plays now always have a deep shot option on them. There's no like scat routes where everyone's running within seven yards. It's always like, you know, you got a seven yard hook, but then behind that you have a fly route or, you know, a 30 yard yeah. comeback where they're just looking for that shot. Um, Maybe that's why these teams are all so bad, like within five to 10 yards of the end zone, just because like, they're not used to it. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? I can't run 30 yards down the field. You're, well, you're, that's, that's where I think like, <laughs> what is a spacing? So, route? so that's, that's one, one school of thought. However, someone would probably counter that and say like, sure, but how are you going to name one person that's defending Tariq Hill uh, from, you know, pylon to pylon on a drag route. So like yeah. there's, there's definitely a whole, there's a new wave of football coming and it's already, it's already here, but it's definitely on its, it's more so on its way now than it ever was. Um, yeah. Bad news for the Jets. Oh, you need a quarterback to run one of those offenses. There's not oh, new news. Oh, I was, I was trying to think of what could possibly <laughs> they have discontinued the franchise. Oh, okay, cool. They, they moved that to MetLife finally. Um, yeah, that would be good news. The next game, uh, n- not good news for the Jets, but probably bodes well for the Dolphins. They hang in there with the Bills. They lose thirty-four to thirty-one. A lot of people, I took them as I took the Bills as my you know no doubter they're going to win this game. They win the game, but by the skin of their teeth, really. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little bit concerned about the Bills. Me too. I've been saying it like, for weeks they don't look right, like world for, beaters. Yeah. Right from about like the the beginning of the second half of the season, they just they they just I don't know they don't look like the same the same squad. Yeah, I mean, look, they have a they have two bad combinations going on right now. And again, I'll liken it back to what I said about the Giants and the positives on them. But glass half empty on the Bills is Josh Allen has a problem turning the ball over in the red zone. The Bills have a problem putting too much on Josh Allen's shoulders. And to be honest, the Bills defense does not look like they did in the beginning of the season, not even close. I mean, no, giving up thirty no, points to Skylar Thompson. I, I mean, I get, I get. You know, the Dolphins have have weapons on the outside, but seven for sixty nine to Tyreek Hill, uh, three for forty four to Jalen Waddle, three for forty five to Savannah Med. Uh, they're they're not doing it. They didn't do anything really that was like too impressive. I'd say. On, on defense, and they still give up 31 points. Like, how does that happen? Short field. Yeah. And when we when we talk about, like, how you and I both think it's still uh, important to run the ball effectively, that's just not something Buffalo's ever done, really, this yeah. year. I mean, they, they um, don't have – they're going to need a yeah, – Once again, they didn't. Um, I'm just thinking about the offseason and the Bills. They're they're probably I – would, I would guess that they go after a running back. A big, yeah. a, a big name that might come available because – yeah, like the Niners yeah, did. They're going to need someone in the red zone. Yeah, just like the Niners did. With McC- that was midseason. But, yeah, I think they're going to look at that and say, we need a guy that, obviously, anyone, any team needs this guy. But we need a guy that we can give it to on first first and second down between the tackles. And we need a guy that we can give it to outside the tackles on third and fourth down. Um, Devin Singletary is not that guy. James Cook, not yeah. that guy yet. I do like the way James Cook runs sometimes, but... At the end of the day, 12 for 39 for Cook, 10 for 48 from Devin Singletary. That doesn't get, really get me too excited. Four for 20 for no. Josh Allen. Uh, non-existent running game. And I'll say this about the Bills. 
Josh Allen goes 23 of 39, 352, three touchdowns and two interceptions. That line's not beating the Bengals. It's not happening. No, and you don't want to see your quarterback throw the ball 40 times, especially to beat a team like Miami. It's not a recipe for winning. It's especially just not. Especially Josh Allen, which is a guy you can make the case is probably better at running than he is throwing. You know, yeah. so uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very skeptical on the Bills. Um, as for the Dolphins, not much you can really say. I mean, they, they're down to the third-string quarterback. Uh, all the unfortunate Tua stuff that happened. Um, it, they're they're an offense that needs Tua. Like, without Tua, they don't yeah. function. Um, but, hey, put up 31 points in Buffalo in a playoff game with their third-string quarterback. Uh, I've, I've spoken highly of Mike McDaniels in the past. I, I still think very highly of him. You know, I know you think he's like a weirdo a little bit. But as a coach, I, I'm all in yeah. on Mike McDaniels. Well, one more point on Josh Allen, and we talked about his issues in the red zone, turning the ball over, and uh, you know we just touched on how effective he is as a runner. Uh, this kind of flies under the radar, especially because he only lost one of them. But, it, I mean, he took off four times. He, he fumbled three times. Yeah, he's reckless. That's like, that's last year Daniel Jones had a number. Josh Allen is a reckless quarterback. I don't, th- yeah. I don't think it's, I think Buffalo Bills fans would agree with that. You know, even yep. the even the most uh, diehard Buffalo Bill fans and Josh Allen truthers would agree with that. Um, next game, the well, we already went over the Giants, but the next game, the Ravens, the Tyler Huntley led Ravens, headed to Cincinnati and lose to the Bengals twenty four to seventeen in an incredible ninety eight yard fumble return as Tyler Huntley is about to cross the plane. The Bill, the Bengals didn't look like world beaters either. But no. I thought, you know, I was skeptical of this game going into it because I just thought that the Ravens are better coached. And I, I'll still say that they were better coached in this game. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't skeptical um, going in. Like, when we were making our picks, I was kind of kicking myself for not taking the Bengals. And given they, they didn't cover, but I loved the Bengals going into this game. And, and for it to take just, I mean, a, a circus act to win this game, that's... I don't know that that's strange from Cincinnati. I thought they were going to route Baltimore. Me too. And yeah, let me let me get back to my running back point. J.K. Dobbins thirteen carries. Gus Edwards twelve carries. Joe Mixon eleven carries. That's it. There's no running in these games anymore. Even even nope. even Tyler Huntley only ran the ball nine times. So there's just no there's just no running anymore. It, no there's no bell cow backs that are going to run the ball. Um, it's and to me honestly, I thought the Ravens would definitely want to fall on their running game more with their backup. You know, think about, I don't want to keep harping on this, but getting back to just like the whole running back thing, you got, you got your third string quarterback in and, or your second string quarterback in, in Baltimore and your third string quarterback in, in uh, Miami. And you still aren't running the ball predominantly. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't really know what much to say about this game. I guess my one take on this game is that the fact that this is a divisional game and, in my eyes, that that makes it like ten times more tough than it, it already was, and that I guess that says more about the the Bengals in how I, I see them versus the Bills this week. Um, but I think you know, kind of we we say it jokingly, but when you get a divisional game, throw out the record books, nothing really matters. Yeah, that that is a real thing. Yeah, uh, definitely something is. about these divisional games. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, for the Ravens. The, obviously, the Lamar Jackson situation is going to loom overhead, and 
do I want him on the Jets? Yeah. Uh, do I do I think he leaves the Ravens? I still I still don't. Uh, I I don't know. I, I'm that's such a like a suspicious situation over there. I think Lamar Jackson. Uh, I heard Ian Rapport say that it was very overblown the fact that he wasn't there. But then I could also see the argument of like, okay, well, why would he want to be there? Because like you know, supporting his team, blah blah blah. I I don't know. It definitely one definitely one to monitor, especially on the Jet side of things. But um, do you do you believe him when he says I am not playing under the tag? I mean, everyone says that. But do you think that he would say I'm not playing? I don't know. I I I don't know really. I honestly don't have a stance on it. That might that might yeah. be weak, but I really I don't I don't think I Lamar Jackson's a giant question mark to me. I don't I don't know if he's like a nozzle or he's just sometimes he comes off as like a guy that like seems like he's all in, and then sometimes he comes off as a guy that is like an all about my money kind of guy. Well, I don't blame him for that. I mean, he, he's you're only going to have a, a one chance here, really, to to make big money, and he deserves it. He's an MVP I, of the league. I a hundred percent. I agree with that. However, I just don't know how much he factors in. You know, I I deserve to get paid the most in the league versus I want to win. Is kind of what I'm saying. So yeah. I, I I'm really not sure. As for the Bengals, though, um, I kind of I I mean I guess this was a, a pretty ho hum game for them. Joe Burrow only throws one one touchdown. It was he got sacked four times, which to be honest, I was watching the beginning of this game and I saw the the Ravens start getting to getting to Burrow like pretty often, and I got a little concerned because if you remember last year, the reason that they that Joe Burrow really needed an appendectomy, I'm pretty sure, was because he was getting hit in the chest or the hit in the sternum every single play. So, like, yeah. I mean, is this going to be an issue that we see going forward? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm high on the Bengals still. I I think I think the divisional yeah. game definitely has something to do with kind of just the closeness of this. But um, yeah, I was just gonna say I think they'll be fine. Like I, I still think you know if we see them against Kansas City, I still think it's close to a coin toss. I still like them. Yeah, but uh, just a a weird game. Yeah, definitely a weird game there. Not really so much of a weird game in your eyes. A little bit of a weird game in my eyes. The last game of the week, Monday night. Cowboys 31-14 going to Tampa and beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers uh much to your expectations I'd say yeah yeah the the Bucks are just they're just old and they're slow and like this decline that we just saw from the Rams uh, after winning a Super Bowl the Bucks are the same thing just it, it didn't happen as rapidly you know it, uh, they just, they, I don't know, they can't match up. Um, I, I think Tom Brady's lost six steps. Um, I, I just, I don't know, I just don't, I don't, I don't like Tampa Bay. We didn't like them all year. Um, they're lucky to be a playoff team in just about any other division. They're not. So, you know, I mean, coming off of week 18, I, I understand why, why people were kind of, you know, all in on Tampa, but Dak Prescott, you know, right back to earth. Um, he had a phenomenal game. I think he might've had a perfect uh, quarterback rating. Um, this is a team that did run the ball. Um, maybe not as effectively as uh, we would have liked Zeke Elliott on the ground 13 times for 27, but the better running back in that backfield, Tony Pollard, not even a question they let him run 15 times. Yep. They let him run 15 times. They only pick up 77, but they just controlled this game from the jump. Yeah. And again, to another game where no one records 20 rushes, the, 
Yeah, look at the look at the the Bucks rushers, by the way. And listen, I know they were playing from behind, like. Oh no, rip. I get it. I uh, trust me. You don't need to but, tell me. I think as soon as you abandon the running game in any game, you're playing from behind. Regardless, yeah, Tom of the Brady score. throws the ball. Tom Brady throws the ball a career high sixty six times. Three fifty one, thirty five sixty six, two touchdowns and interception, QBR of twenty four point one, opposed to Dak Prescott's twenty five of thirty three. 305 yards, four touchdowns, and like you said, 96.5 QBR with a 143.3 net passer rating. Cannot get better than that. Uh, this is what I'll say, though. I think as I'm watching this game unfold, I'm I'm starting to wrap my mind around the fact that the Bucks really are just a bad team. Period. Stop. I don't think that the Cowboys are as good as they played this weekend. No, that that's fair, but I, I mean, I don't know. The Cowboys did have a great season, e- even without Dak Prescott. Like they they did have a pretty phenomenal year. Um, I understand not being super high on them, and I you know I don't see them making a run to the Super Bowl or anything. But what are they the the second best team in the NFC left outside of well, well I guess Forty Niners, Eagles, Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, right. Is that, are those are the three I, left. Yeah, I mean so. 49. Yeah, I probably So so never never mind that. Well, I think that I'm trying to think if if I do I put the Giants over them yet? No, I don't think so. But no, well, no, no. what I will say is yeah. this. Like like I just said about the Bengals Ravens game, you get any of these two these three uh, you know, NFC East teams together, throw out everything. Everything. Seriously, and that's kind of I guess this is where I'm going to transition into the preview of this week. Um I didn't even ask you. You're, you have your pick in mind. Your picks. Yeah. Plural. Did the giant? Did the, did the Giants get swept by Dallas and Philadelphia this year? That I'm I'm unsure. I know they lost to. Let's see. They they definitely got swept by the Eagles, and they yeah. Got they lose twenty three to sixteen to the the Cowboys in week three, and then the Giants then lost. Get routed. Um, got embarrassed by the Eagles. Yeah, so so I, I don't know about this throw everything away. I I don't like the Giants against either of those teams. Okay, so then let's start with let's start with the preview for this week. Giants head to Philadelphia. This is the, big, yeah. this is the biggest so, game in So we we uh we so we oh, had yes, our Oh, uh, yes, sorry, I forgot this. We're doing our little competition here. So we we made we both made a two-point play and a one-point play last week. Our, our picks looked really good. Um you go over two, I go one for two, only winning my one point. So I'm up one nothing here. Um Instead of doing a traditional punishment, we kind of just figured we wanted to do something for whoever feels like listening, uh, which I think will be a better also idea. Known as listeners. So, yeah. So, so which I don't. I don't want to yeah. call them that. <laughs> we don't really have yeah. any of those. But um, but by the time this football season wraps up, baseball is going to be right around the corner. So, uh, the loser is going to have to purchase uh, a giveaway. So, let's say Sam were to win this competition. I would have to purchase a Yankee item or items for whoever were to win, probably by draw some sort of raffle, perhaps, um, and vice versa. So, well, Mets for I, me. I thought that Mets be, for me. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I think that's a better idea than you know making the loser take a blow up doll to Waffle House or whatever we were going to do. So, um, so yeah, I have a, a measly one nothing lead, and um, we'll go around the league here, and, and as these games come, we'll we'll. Uh, Make our picks again. So given what you just said prior to the, I guess, the rules and uh, regulations of this little pick and pool, I want you to start because I have a feeling you're going to pick this first game. 
Uh, let's start with the Giants. The Giants against the Eagles. Eagles are giving seven and a half in Philadelphia. Um, what do you think about this game? Seven and a half. That's what I have it at. Yes. Okay. So I'm not going to allocate points here, but um, let's get into this game. I I, I don't really give the Giants a chance. Um, you know they're they're going to the link. They're playing a team that's just better than them. Um, you know last week they played the worst defense in the league. Now they're playing a top three to five defense in the league. I I don't see the game going the same way. Um, listen, could the reason I don't want to allocate points, could I see them maybe losing by a touchdown? So, sort of, sure. I don't think this is a game like the 49er game we just saw where uh, the Eagles are just going to completely pull away. I, I give the Giants a little more credit than that. Um, I want you to get into why you think they match up well, because you did say that. But no, I, I like I like Philadelphia. Sorry, Giants fans, but it, it's been a great season. I, I think it uh, I think it ends here. So I couldn't be more opposite of you. And I'll say this: I thought again. I think the Giants do better playoff things than most teams in the playoffs. One, two. I'm not sold that Jalen Hurts is 100. percent I think that uh, it was very suspicious that they bring him back. And week 18, he looks like a shell of himself. Uh, obviously, I know he gets an extra week off with the bye week. Another reason why I think that I'm a, I'm a believer in the bye week, uh, I guess, not being a proponent of the bye week in the sense that the Eagles could come out this game a little rusty, honestly. And I, I think I, I don't know, just the storm of the me being against the bye week, Jalen Hurts kind of, I'm not sold that he's 100%. And the fact that the Giants, quite frankly, have are fully healthy. For they're probably the healthiest team in the entire playoffs. I'm not only picking the Giants as my one point play here. I think the Giants win this game. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I think that, like, to me, I think that the Giants are. I think the Giants are better coached. I think that they're they have a better. I, I think they have a better defense up front. I think that they're going to be able to stop all this. The running from Jalen Hurts are going to be able to keep in the pocket. Even if I think the Eagles are going to kind of make a game plan where they're going to try and keep Jalen Hurts inside the pocket because, like I said, I'm not sold that he's fully healthy. And if he's if he's even 80%, let's just say he's 80%, right, and this is a playoff game, you're, if you're the Eagles, you're not going to put him in any risky situations. I'll even If he's 90%, you're not putting him in any risky situations because you want to win a Super Bowl and you want to get you want to win this game and get him healthy for the next week. So let's look at this from a, because this is what I wanted to ask you, and you, you kind of just touched on it a little bit. If we look at this just from a really simplistic standpoint, now I, I believe in coaching, I believe in Brian Dable for sure, I believe in ski, I, I get all that. But if we just go every facet, uh, every position, is there anything the Giants are better at? Now maybe you want to tell me they're, they're better up front on the defensive side of the ball. That That's fine. Is there anywhere else where you're like, oh yeah, no, I, I'd rather have the Giants situation there? Maybe running back. Well, well, definitely well, certainly running back. running back, but running running game. I think running back, and I think D line uh, run defense. I think their pass defense is better than the Eagles. Uh, I mean, they're. I don't but, know. But I don't know about that. This is why I say you kind of have to take it. The Giants were kind of brutal all on right. defense almost so, all year. So I, I get it. However, the Giants are the healthiest team. They're healthy. This is their picture that they drew up, and I think that. When they play them earlier in the season, they lose by a touchdown. When they're they were somewhat healthy, then on Thanksgiving 
not even the slightest bit healthy, and they get they get smoked. And now their defense is fully healthy. Like I said, Dory Jackson's back. Uh, oh, was that was that Christmas? I was sitting here like, no, nah, they didn't play. Right, uh, was it Christmas? Yeah, you're right. Maybe it was like the no last week of the year. Is twelve, was, twelve. So. Yeah. So yes. Sorry. Christmas. Adjacent. Christmas. Adjacent. Uh I think I even said Thanksgiving. Um, That's why I was confused. But yeah. I, look, I just think, and I, honestly, I, I've heard this all week. The Giants just give me the Cinderella story vibe right now. That's fair. Um, I'm just, if it's not tangible for me, I, I don't, I, I can't do it. Yeah. Well, oh, hey, I'm going to put my one, one point on the Giants there. I'm not putting the two. The two's going to be another game, obviously, but. You know what? Now, now I want to, just the competitive fire me. Now I want to go. Well, let's go. You. Let's go to the other games and let's see if maybe you get talked right. into something Uh-oh. else. Um, All, right. All right. So we already kind of hinted on the fact that you really didn't give the Jaguars much of a chance to win this game. Chiefs are giving eight and a half. What do you think that says about the Jaguars and their performance? Uh, not much. I, I think it's a fair line, especially being in Kansas City. Um, I might have tipped my hand a little bit, but like we always say, the Chiefs hate to cover. Um, so I, I'm not going to allocate any points on a, on a spread that large. Uh, I, I love the Chiefs to win this game. I really I, I can't see them losing. Um, you know, the Jaguars pulled last week's win just out from the jaws of defeat. I, I think this is a, I mean, this is just, you just chalk this up as a Kansas City win. I mean, they'll advance here. It's a great year for the Jaguars. They they found their quarterback. Um, just like I said about the Giants, though, I think this is the end of the road. I don't really give them a chance. So you're on the, you're on the home favorites here. Wow. Okay. I can't remember. I don't remember the last time they, they lost to the Jaguars. I think they're like, what are they, 7-0 in their last seven yeah, they, games against Jacksonville? They, they, they own the Jaguars. But I'll say this. Jaguars are five and zero in their last five. They win football games. Um, I mean, so are the Chiefs. I get it, but I, I don't know. I think there's something about this Jaguars. I'm not taking the Jaguars, but I'm I'm not taking the Jaguars to win. I should say I'm not taking the Chiefs to cover. I'm taking the Jaguars to cover here. I'm not going to put any points on it, but I just think you and I both look. <laughs> you you call the Vikings frauds all year, then you pick them. We called the, we said all year that the Chiefs hate covering. We we're not going to pick them. So I'm going to take the Jaguars plus eight and a half here. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs just because, uh, again, I'm not going to allocate any points, but I, I just think I think they don't cover because they don't take the regular season seriously, like I always say. Uh, I think in the playoffs, they, you know, they, they take it up a few notches. Uh, I'll take them to cover that eight and a half. Interesting. So actually, if you remember, I think a couple weeks back, I uh, I texted you and was like, or maybe it was on the show. I don't remember, but I said something about like, "Hey, I I think it was on the show. I'm only going to take the Chiefs when the line's under ten. Yeah. So I did say that, but I think in the playoffs, I'm gonna, I'm going to scale that back. My my stance on the Chiefs in the playoffs is anything under seven, I'll take them. Um, eight and a half, I'll yeah. take the Jaguars. The next game, the Bills host the Bengals uh, in a rematch of the Monday Night Football game that never happened. The Bills giving five and a half here. What do you think about this? Uh, my gut tells me Cincinnati. We, we kind of just went over all the uh, issues with Buffalo. And, you know, it's tough to call them issues when, you know, you're a team that's just rolling like Buffalo is. Um, I think Cincinnati's just better right now. I think that this would be the time I'd want to see the Bills if I'm Cincinnati. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to put too much stock into what Cincinnati did last week. 
Uh, like we said earlier, I still like them a lot. Uh, I'll take them to win here. Uh, I think I, I like Burrow more than I like Josh Allen right now. Um, the, the Bills don't have a Joe Mixon. I, I just, I like Cincinnati. I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. And I, and I like Cincinnati to come out on top, I think. I couldn't have said it better myself. And I'm, I'm making the ba- the Bengals my two-point play. I think five and a half. I would make them my two-point play plus three, plus three and a half. I'd, t- I'd take the Bengals probably plus two. I, I mean, I think they're going to win this game. So I, yeah. I, I wouldn't give any points with the Bengals, but I think the Bengals win this game. Bengals plus five and a half is my two-point play. So for my summary, I'm going to take both the dogs. Here's one thing I'll say. This week, my only bet of the entire week, I might just tease every dog. I just, I think it's the, the, I mean, if you can get, you get a six point teaser of Giants plus 13 and a half, Jaguars plus, uh, what, 14 and a half, Bengals plus 11 and a half, and then the Cowboys plus 10 in a six point teaser, I'm all in. I'm all in on that. Um, Yep. Um, so you might notice that we've gone through uh, three of the four games on the slate here, and I have not made a pick yet. Uh, I have a pick incoming. I'm going to go against you. I'm going to put one point on the make it Eagles two. Make, to come cover on, make it two. the make it two. seven make and a half. Two. I like the 49ers oh. way too much to make it two. All right, so then we'll get right into that 49ers game. Your two-point play you're going to take the 49ers minus four. Tell me why. They're just better. Uh, they, you can make the argument they're the best team in the NFL right now. They, they're steamrolling teams. They're not. They're not just winning. I mean, they're they're kicking the shit out of teams right now. Um, th- firing on all cylinders. They're just. I, I love the 49ers. I, I'm, I might right after we get off. I, I might sprinkle on them to win the Super Bowl. They're they're my favorite team left in the playoffs. Um, you know, Dallas hasn't been perfect. Dallas has issues. I think that uh, those come to fruition more here against a 49er defense like this than it would against a slow and old, decrepit uh, Tampa Bay team. I love the 49ers. Uh, I'll gladly lay the three and a half. I'm kind of surprised that's only three and a half. I actually have four in my book right here. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll lay six. I don't care. I'll lay four. Officially, officially we'll will be four. So you're on 49ers giving four. I'm going to agree with you, but I'm not going to agree with everything you said. What I will definitely agree with you is the Cowboys side of this, where as you play better teams, your problems become more amplified. I'm a big believer in that. And I think that their lack of being able to run the ball with Zeke, uh, Zeke and then, I mean, Tony Pollard has been good this year, but they really haven't had so much of a ground presence, uh, like I said. So I think they're going to need to be playing catch up. And I'm not sure I trust Dak Prescott to play catch up that much. Uh, not, I'm not as strongly advocating for the 49ers as you are, but I think the 49ers can cover and win this game. So I think the 49ers minus four, I'm going to, I'm going to pick as well. Um, I almost went moving day there and just went against everything and took the the Cowboys just to try and make a pick for you. So I'm going to recap my picks real quick, uh, and then we'll wrap it up. I'm on the 49ers minus four, the Bengals plus five and a half for my two point play. I'm on the Jaguars plus eight and a half and the Giants plus seven and a half as my one point play. Yep. I'm on the Chiefs minus eight and a half. I'm on the Eagles to cover minus seven and a half at home. That's my one point play. I'm on the Bengals to cover plus four and a half against Buffalo in Buffalo. 
And I like the 49ers as my two-point play to cover four um, at home against Dallas. So now my last question on this segment is, let's just say for shits and gigs, it's Saturday at like one o'clock and... And someone dies or something. No, 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 no. And uh, you, you're you're given the opportunity to purchase tickets to this Eagles-Giants game. What's your What's your max? Forget transportation. Let's just say it's all taken care of. What What are you spending on a ticket? It's a hot ticket. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I'd spend um, enough to get into the building. I'd probably cap myself at like two hundred twenty yeah, bucks. Not, you you might not like even that. be able to park. Yeah. Do Do you know what the uh, what the cheapest ticket in the building is? Um, right now I'm looking. I'm just on the ESPN app and powered by not. This is not a sponsor, obviously, but powered by Vivid Seats. And I quote, "That says tickets as low as two forty four with the Vivid Seats." So let's just say that two fifty range is there. But you're probably sitting on the moon with binoculars next to a guy who's also, you know, a four hundred pound guy who's there. You know, I'm, I'm the oldest Eagle fan in the building. One of those guys with binoculars. You know. Frank the if Tank you're if days. you're a giant if you're a Giants fan are you are you there? You kind of have to be if you if you live like anywhere we're in like Central Jersey if you live anywhere closer to Philly and you're a Giant fan than us I feel like you kind of have to go even if you're just going to tailgate. Yeah, I'm just big on like I just want to watch football. But like, I, I, it's just <laughs> so like that. First of all, I can't wait. We need to make that as a drop because that's the most Jet thing you've ever said in your life. I just feel like, I mean, yeah, I know you went to Buffalo and, and watched that debacle, but, like, I feel like that's such a jet way to think of it. Yeah, no, it probably is. Uh, that's just, you know, my mind's been shaped by the Jets. Um, Knicks in action tonight. Yeah, Wizards. Um, uh, they, they play well against the – or the Wizards play well against them. Uh, this is exactly the halfway point of the NBA season. Uh, the Nets, not, like I said before – definitely not fully healthy. Now I think Kyrie has some sort of quad issue or something going on. Um, they're going to, they're going to, it's, this is part of the NBA season where like you kind of just have to watch with a grain of salt because it's all just, let's get to the, the uh, all-star break healthy. Yeah. That's it. I mean, yeah. I, I would doubt to see that we're going to see KD back before the break. I doubt we're going to see Anthony Davis back before the break. There's just, this is the time where the veteran guys who, are you know even a little bit banged up get their rest in and then you need to go play with their then then comes the uh the all tampering game I like to call it where they all just vo- yeah. lobby f- to be on each other's team. Um the NBA is yeah. great, what can I say? Um you know what I'm so excited for? Like betting on like Pro Bowl dodgeball and flag football. Oh, it's going to be the best wait, betting day of the year. It, did you see what they I think the most exciting one is the kicker one. Did you see that or the punter no, I didn't, one? I, I didn't see that they're, one. So they're no. taking the punters let's say like head to head and they're playing tic-tac-toe with punting. That's kind of electric. I would, I would do that. I would go to the, to the, any field right now and go do that. That sounds like so much fun. Uh, Not to sit here and talk about the pro bowl. No, I definitely Um, don't want to. You mean the flag football pro bowl? I I am. I am very happy that they kind of like revitalized it because it was such a, it was such a joke for years. I, I think it's going to be fun. I think I think our next competition, or maybe if let's see how this competition giveaway works, but maybe our next little competition giveaway, we should just blindly make picks in these Pro Bowl games, and let's just see who wins. All yeah. right, all right, cool with that. Um, anything else you wanted to add? Do you want to add any tennis notes for the, our non-existent <laughs> tennis listeners? <laughs> 
No. All right, cool. All right, uh, so I think that's it. Um, Definitely a big weekend for Giant fans. Um, We'll obviously stay up to date on any Yankees Met news. Uh, Really nothing, honestly, too much. Actually, the Mets signed Tommy Pham today, so there's your Carlos Correa consolation prize. Um, Hooray! So, yeah, the World Series back on in, in City Field. So, as always... Thank you for listening. Make sure to follow us and interact with all our socials and peace out.